Tang Ma, how are you? How's it going? Pretty well. Long time no see, Mark. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I'm so happy to have you on today and to be able to chat a little bit about your background and kind of where you're at, at with your brand right now. So for everyone listening, this is Tang Ma. Tang Ma is the founder of Aberlite. They are a men's grooming brand uh, based out of New York. And uh, to start off today, Tang, why don't you give us a little background on Aberlite and yourself and how you got started with the brand? Sure. Yeah. Thank you uh, for having me, Mark. Um, so we start, I started Aberlite uh, literally like six years ago um, while I was uh, doing my postdoc work in a, a, at Brown University. Um, so you want like the story, how, how we got started, right? Quick short story okay so uh at that time um i was struggling find a job in industry so just thinking maybe i can do something on the side uh so amazon you know keep popping up uh at that time 2017 that's the really the, the golden time doing amazon and so i picked the beer niche men's grooming niche at that time because my neighbor, uh, he had a beard. So uh, we are in decision uh, in like three niches. Uh, so I just picked the beard niche. Uh, uh, I think I was lucky at that time. So uh, we start from uh, nine beard products. Uh, so I literally spent one year developing nine, uh, 10 ish products, uh, like 10 months, in 10 months. So uh, the result, is uh oh we uh, launched our products on amazon the 8th of 2017. uh three products sell pretty well three product mediocre and four products just disaster uh so year one we did 2018 was the the year one we did uh 300k in revenue uh on amazon and the next year uh, basic selling uh, beer products ranging from beer shaping tool, beer oil, um, and beer comb. And the second year, uh, we did better than 1 million uh, like 2018 because uh, we launched uh, our best seller product, beer heated brush, a beer straightener. And that's year two. Year three, we start to uh, launch on Shopify uh, because that's how you build a brand. Uh, Amazon is uh, quite different, relatively simple. Uh, and year three, we start launching Shopify. That's 2020. Uh, also, we launched uh, our first Kickstarter campaign for our uh, beer straightener. And yeah, fast forward. This year is our uh, sixth year. We are doing like 3 million in revenue across Amazon and Shopify this year. Uh, we learned a ton. Uh, literally, I just talked to my friend uh, yesterday talking about, okay, uh, if we cannot like scale fast enough, hit the 5 million mark, maybe, you know, you need to pivot here, there. Uh, so yeah, we can uh, uh, touch base on that. Uh, yeah, later. Maybe. 
Well, that's awesome. And Tang, I think it's interesting too. tell us a little bit about your background, like being a professor and like, what have you like, did that help you actually get into to inventing and designing these products in the beard niche? Oh, oh, actually, I, I was not a professor. I was doing my postdoc work. Uh, at. Oh, you're doing your postdoc work. Okay, cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah, postdoc work. I got my PhD in mechanical engineering um, from Arizona State. And then I did my uh, postdoc work as a re scientist researcher at Brown University for uh, one and a half years. And my research topic uh, is was related to um, silicon ribbon, uh, buckling behavior. Actually, my first uh, product I uh, invented, uh, which is a beer neckline guide. So I need to use the buckle behavior to make it wearable, flexible. It's pretty funny, you know. Um, yeah, uh, my my uh, PhD thesis topic was to buckle silicon thin film uh, for lithium ion battery applications. And my first invention for my e-commerce business was buckle a uh, thin plastic film uh, for a uh, beer necklace guy. That's awesome. And I'm curious, do you, do you feel like having these patents specifically being a D2C brand and like growing in the, in starting and still, you guys still have a pretty successful Amazon channel, right? Um, do you feel like having those patents has really helped you guys have legs on Amazon apart from competitors? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, because we have, uh, for most of our products we develop in-house, we have design patent, which is relatively easy to get. Um, but our first product, we also got a uh, uh, utility pattern, which is not quite easy to, 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 to get. Yeah, um, so it, it quite help, uh, helpful because uh, in our niche, literally, maybe only like one brand has a utility pattern. So yeah, that way, from one thing, you can defend your, uh, your niche. Secondly, also, if uh, customers since you have a utility pattern yeah that say, says a lot so uh, that's why uh, both of our beer shaping tools on Amazon are their base seller in their niche that's awesome very cool and uh, how how have things been for you over this last year I know things have been quite challenging since you know the the growth that we all had in 2020 and uh, early 2021, but what are you what are you guys doing right now to kind of combat some of the issues that we're seeing across across the board with paid media and acquiring new customers in the in the DC front? Uh, it has been pretty uh, challenging for us in the past like one more than one and a half years, uh, mainly due to the 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 you know the iOS. Um, because we heavily relied on Facebook ads previously. So that's good and bad. Good is if Facebook ads works, uh, it's good. Now it's quite challenging. Uh, yeah, I got uh, just got back home from uh, two conference in the past two weeks, and uh, one is uh, ClickFunnels, the other is uh, TNC. It's maybe the largest uh, digital marketing conference. Yeah, in San Diego, just last week. Yeah. Yes. Uh, literally everyone says, yeah, Facebook ads is 
hard, so hard. You need diverse your uh, marketing channel. I think that's something we have been working on. Um, for example, um, because we are in the mass grooming niche, so it's pretty uh, good niche to do affiliate marketing. Uh, also, second channel would be uh, influencer marketing. Uh, we could reach out to uh, micro influencers, uh, mainly on uh, YouTube, Instagram, uh, or uh, TikTok, uh, like micro ones, not bigger ones. And a third channel may be uh, wholesale for us uh, because um, like uh, two weeks ago, I went to uh, BarberCon in Dallas. We talked to barbers to see if they are interested to carry our uh, heated brush, beer straightener in their shops. Uh, maybe they can get more profit from selling our uh, straightener than you know doing a haircut. So that's something we we are exploring right now in Q4. That's awesome. And I'm curious too, do you guys have any other products that you're developing on the horizon or anything else, any way that you're expanding out into other men's grooming products? Are you still more or less focused on on beards within men's grooming right now? Yes, um, for sure. Um, because we start with a, a, a beard brand and now we are pivoted to a men's grooming brand because uh, uh, although you know beard is still uh, uh basically it's training in the US or we can easily see I think like 20% ish guys have beards whether it's like longer ones or stubbles but still majority of the guys have no beard so that's a much bigger market that's why we are developing uh beard trimmers uh body trimmers ball shavers uh also some uh uh, consumables like uh, hair shampoos, uh, face moisturizer. That's something, uh, you know, we can target a much larger market. That's awesome. And with, uh, with those two channels that you think I mentioned with you, what you mentioned a minute ago, I know you guys have done a lot with, with YouTube influencers in the past. Do you f still feel like YouTube is a, uh, better front for working with micro influencers over per se TikTok or, or Instagram? Uh, I would think um, YouTube is uh, quite unique because uh, the cotton put up there, they are evergreen. That's why we keep getting uh, sales from very old videos, like released like maybe two, three years ago. If we put a uh, uh, like commission, uh, a discount code there for the YouTubers. Um, but still, um, Influencer, micro influencers from TikTok or Instagram, uh, they're I think equally important because um, YouTube relatively it's hard to find tons of YouTubers in your niche, uh, especially for men's grooming or bear niche. It's just not. I'm not sure if we can find more than like 100 YouTube channels. I think the interesting thing for you where you're at right now. I mean, I think the men's men's beard care is super niche of niche. But I think as you start expanding into more men's grooming in general, that opens it up to so many lifestyle driven, like male YouTubers, right? Across like multiple niches, anything from gaming to outdoor adventure, action niche sports. Like, I think there's a lot you can do there to essentially like turn ambassadors, these, these YouTubers into ambassadors for the brands and potentially even put together longer play deals with them if things are working early on.
Yes, exactly. I think um for the beard uh community on YouTube, the largest YouTube channel specifies in a beard maybe has less than uh 300k followers. But if you just expand it up to the the uh, you know the men's grooming niche, there's so many uh, YouTubers have more than one million followers. Yeah, so it's just a much bigger uh, market. That's great. And I know you also mentioned affiliates. Are you guys building your own? Are you guys building the affiliate channel and working with working with influencers or other affiliate media companies in in that realm? Yes, I think for affiliates, there are several ways you can do. One is um, something I just learned uh, in the conference. Uh, you can work with network, uh, bigger ones, and I maybe work with uh, you know publishers like GQ, um, or different uh, blog websites. Because if you search Google for any uh, e-commerce product, typically on page one, so many results are from blog articles like top 10 bear trimmers. Uh, those typically are from uh, affiliate network. Uh, this is one one way. Um, second way, maybe you can um, leverage some um, apps to uh, maybe work with your existing clients. Ask them if they can refer this uh, product to their friends or uh, share it on their social media so that they can get uh, like, let's say 10, 10%, 20% commission fee. Uh, yeah. That's great. That's cool. Yeah. I actually know a really good affiliate manager. If you're interested in me introducing you to her, um, I think she might be a good, good resource just in general to, uh, to, to get to connect with. And she works out of share sale and CJ and a lot of these other networks and get you, get you access to tier one publishers. So, uh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we are actually looking for a uh, affiliate manager right now. Cool. I'll I'll uh, I'll send you an in in uh, intro to Anna Barker, who's one of my uh, we've done. I've introduced her to a lot of my clients over the years, and she's really great. So I'll get that for you. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's I think for your you've got such evergreen products that you know you get users through some of these good affiliate platforms and you start building up these channels and good relationships with affiliates. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a great win for you in the long run and also builds like more sustainable, like growth just in the long term. Like it's, you know, affiliates is never going to be one of those channels. It's just going to like, it's not like the affiliate world of 2015 where, you know, we'd get people in uh, monthly recurring, you know, subscriptions and it could scale like crazy, but still you, you get the right affiliates in, in network and it becomes a sustainable channel where you can rely on that income month over month from those sales coming from it. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah, cool. And uh, I'm curious, are you guys doing anything else like on TikTok or you guys, are you guys expanding ads on, on TikTok as a platform, YouTube as a platform? Have you guys tried anything else? Oh yes, we actually um, tried TikTok um, for uh, different things. Um, TikTok ads, we tried, we have been trying uh, running TikTok ads, but the performance is not that great, mainly because um, TikTok ads is quite different from Facebook ads. Facebook ads, maybe you can have a, a, a ads running for like one year still, 
pretty well. Uh, it's kind of like evergreen ones, but for TikTok ads, um, you kind of need to update your ad maybe every two weeks. You cannot like have just one good ad running for more than one month. That's something it's challenging. You have to come up with, keep coming up with new ads creatives. And besides that, we actually try to uh, also grow our old TikTok account, uh, which is kind of challenging. Uh, yeah, but uh, we just try to make decision between hiring several uh, video creators, uh, maybe release daily videos, or maybe we need hire an agency. Um, I know how to, you know, have the right hook or have the right video format, make maybe one video go viral. That way you can grow your um, channel pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I, we found with, with TikTok just in general with on the paid front is higher produced content on TikTok works a lot better than the UGC content, surprisingly. And I think because, you know, you th- you think about different platforms, it's always something that's standing out apart from something from everything else. Everything on TikTok is obviously UGC, lower produced value, user generated. But when you throw in higher produced content onto the platform, it stands out and stops the feed. So apart from you know what we saw on Facebook where it was everyone was going higher produced for years and then to, to lower produced ads, tends to work better. So I think it's interesting just where the paradigms are going on these platforms and how things are evolving. I'm curious, are you guys, have you guys ran any, any or had any success with YouTube for top of funnel traffic as well, like running paid on YouTube? No, actually, uh, we are also uh, thinking about running some um, YouTube video ads uh, because we tried YouTube ads uh, literally two years ago when we launched our Kickstarter campaign. And at that time, um, it's pretty hard, YouTube video ads. It's quite different from Facebook ads. Um, basically, uh, I mean, it's hard to really uh, make profit from uh, YouTube video ads. Uh, it's because it's not really scalable. Maybe you can only targeting existing uh, um, uh, videos in a, you know, uh, a men's grooming niche. Um, but I, uh, one thing I learned in the conference is also, you know, um, many uh, marketers uh, think YouTube video ads is, you know, still a kind of blue ocean. So that's something uh, you can definitely uh, need to, you know, pay attention to. Yeah, I think for you guys, what would be interesting is seeing if you could lead in with a really killer offer on a hero product on the front end. And then add in like one or two upsells throughout the process to get the AOV up just because YouTube traffic is just overall super, like way more expensive, like CPMs are way higher. It's more premium inventory, but once you can get it moving too, YouTube ads tend to last way longer than Facebook, IG and other ads because they do actually, they're pulling from so much data that is more or less evergreen and audiences are always replenishing, you know, based on search history, based on videos viewed that the right ads can really get stuff moving. And if you have a really killer offer on the front end, that's low enough and is going to convert enough, then you make it back on, on upsells in there and could, could be, could be a good opportunity to potentially try out. 
Yes,、uh, yeah, we definitely uh, uh, would try that for sure. Uh, yeah, try different video creatives and offers.、Uh, also, because we are also want to work with barbers for the wholesale side, so that might be something. It's quite easy for you to target on、uh, YouTube. Totally, that's a great idea. It's to target barbers, get them in there, schedule calls, build a whole B two B funnel to essentially onboard them and、uh, turn them into your sales team. Yes. Yes. You know, it'd be interesting too, Tang. Is there is there's a couple of like there's a couple of guys that sell like info coaching programs for people to become like higher paid barbers, and like pretty much like a biz op opportunity for barbers. I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but I know there was one that I stumbled across that was like how to charge three hundred dollars for a men's haircut. And there's essentially, I think the guy's out of the UK, and he's, you know, has a whole business oper biz op program on how to teach people how to become a high end barber, and be able to grow like a multiple six figure six figure business, like not selling you know thirty to fifty dollar haircuts, but like two hundred to three hundred dollar haircuts. It could be interesting if you were to partner with someone like that that already has a network of barbers, and. Come in and partner with them, and then make make some deal to essentially onboard their their network of barbers into the ecosystem of becoming an affiliate or a or a wholesale、uh, partner with with、uh, Aberlight. Yeah, I think that's a, a great idea. I, I know、uh, who you are referring to. I saw their ads as well.、Uh, I remember their slogan was. Uh, work less, earn more, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, very, yeah. very simple. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. That's cool. And、uh, I'm curious too. Just what are you guys doing for holiday this year? Do you guys have a? Are you guys launching your holiday offer early? Do you guys have anything special you're doing? Just curious, since we are just the first week into Q4, how how things are looking on the horizon? Uh, yes, uh, I think this year、uh, we will be launching our campaigns earlier uh, because uh, I think we、uh, in the past two years,、uh, like during pandemic, brands tend to have earlier campaigns, uh, 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 not like、uh, wait until Black Friday. Especially this year, you know, Amazon launched their second Prime Day.、Uh, the date is、uh, October eleventh next week. So. Uh, it's funny, you know, Amazon、um, launched their、uh, Prime Day like thirty days earlier than Black Friday. If, for example, if you bought their product and then you saw a better deal on Black Friday, and then it's out of thirty day return window, so you cannot return it. Totally, very strategic on their point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's something I think、um, we could definitely uh, mimic. Uh, we will have it earlier, maybe、uh, like first week in November, even earlier.、Uh, that's for the, the 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 promotions. But for us, because we will be launching new um, products um,、uh, in December, so、um, maybe we could also try some pre-launch.、Right? It's kind of similar to. Uh, uh, Kickstarter campaigns. We do not have product available now, but if you want it get delivered before Christmas, you can pay it now. Yeah, totally. You know, it'd be interesting for you too, Tang, since you guys have so many different products in your line across the grooming realm. You could almost do like full-on gift boxes 
and like brand them where it's all ready to go. And, uh, you know, I've just thrown out some ideas for you, but I think that could be interesting if you do like, a like a men's grooming specific box, or you do one for like the, the ultimate beard kit and you brand it for holiday. It could be interesting to tie that all together. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. I think, um, um, from our existing product line you know, the, um, uh, Beer straightener, that's our base sellers. We, we still have like uh, 30%, 20, 30% customers are women. They just want to buy it for uh, as gifts. So yeah, gift is quite easy to sell, especially during Q4. Uh, although they have pretty high price tag. For sure, for sure. And I'm curious too, how's how's your customer lifetime value been and, and has it been increasing now that you guys have been releasing more consumables? Cause I know when you, for, for a while, it was like, you guys had the hero products that were mostly hard goods and a few consumables that were very, very, you know, niche beard specific, but I can only imagine now that you guys are seeing LTV increase as you're getting more into the larger consumable niche of men's grooming overall. Right? Yeah. So uh, this, uh, uh, <clears throat> Pretty good question. And uh, that's actually uh, something we just have been working on this year uh, because uh, our product uh, mainly are tools. The problem for tools is just one-time purchase. People don't need a second life. It's still good. It's not like consumable. Um, but we still have some return customer. Uh, maybe they bought a carded brush, uh, a straightener, and then need then they also want a cordless one. Uh, but still majority of the customer, they cannot afford because uh, both tools because they are pretty expensive, like $100-ish products. And that's why that's quite challenging for us because if you do not have a return customer, basically- It dies out. You might as well just be selling on Amazon at that point, right? Because you don't need to own the customer. Yeah. Exactly. That's why we are launching beer trimmers. Uh, if you have- a Beer straighteners, right? You might also need a beer trimmers. Also, for the uh, consumable product, that's not something uh, uh, you might need, whether you have beards or not. So that's something we need to see the data maybe uh, earlier next year. Uh, so yeah, that's something uh, I think is critically important for uh, for for a brand. If you do not have a really good lifetime value. Do not have the second purchase, a uh, third purchase from uh, an existing customer. It's hard. Yeah, totally. And I'm I'm curious too because you were a brand that started on Amazon, and you transitioned to multi-channel to D 2 C as well. Like, what are what are what some advice that you could give to other brands that are potentially thinking of, you know, let's say that are on Amazon and want to start D 2 C or D 2 C and then want to get an Amazon channel. Is there some advice that you could give to brands that are looking to go on to multiple platforms if they're on one or the other right now? Um, sure. Uh, I think um, D2C or let's say a Shopify, it's quite different from Amazon because you need to have your old traffic. And especially right now, it's quite challenging uh, for uh, paid ad. So um, Amazon... Basically, uh, you just need two things. One is a high ranking. Second is uh, lots of good reviews. That's that's two things you can work on. Um, So I think if you are an Amazon brand, you want to get 
onto D2C. Uh, you need to have your own channel, uh, a marketing channel to get your clients. That's the first thing. Um, also, I think for D2C, if you have pretty low price tag product, that would be quite challenging. Uh, how you can acquire new customer, uh, you know, in a very uh, sustainable way. Uh, so that I always think you need to have a premium uh, price or premium brand. That's why it's relatively easy to, uh, you can have more room to acquire new customer. Um, yeah, you need to have a, you know, a really brand, not like something, uh, Amazon, I think uh, many products are commodity. So it's not something really unique. People uh, are willing to pay premium price. Um, so yeah, um, but I still think uh, Shopify right now is quite challenging. If you want like start a new brand, it's maybe, still easier to get started from Amazon. If you get some money, um, then you can try uh, Shopify. But at least you need to figure out uh, what marketing channel works for your brand. Uh, if, for example, uh, Facebook ads or TikTok ads, I don't think they work for all products. If your products, you can do really good UGC videos. Uh, maybe have a before after uh comparison, and that that would be a good fit for uh for video ads. Uh, maybe you can try Shopify store. Um, uh, because I have uh many um Amazon seller friends. Um, they are eight even nine figures on Amazon, but the problem for uh, their niche are they are like commodities. So. It's really hard for them to do Shopify. Yeah, the, that's something. But maybe they just keep doing Amazon. Um, it's still a really good uh, cash cow for them. For sure. I'm curious, are you guys on Walmart as well as the marketplace? Oh, I, uh, are you talking about the Walmart uh, website? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Walmart, Walmart like ecosystem as well for for uh for marketplace no no uh we only sell uh, on amazon.com uh i know many amazon sellers also sell on uh, warma.com but the the volume is relatively low it's very low compared to amazon yeah 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 cool and i'm curious are you guys spending are do you guys spend money on paid in in amazon marketplace too oh uh, amazon ppc yeah yes uh i think it's inevitable uh if you have to if you're going to grow if you're going to grow the channel it's it's just one of those things that you have to play by Amazon's rules and uh and and buy some media on it right yes um yes i do i do have a uh, amazon seller friend they barely spending on um pbc because their niche may be kind of unique i think for a majority of brands maybe still you need to spend on pbc and then in amazon eyes or algorithm they will like you know give you better organic ranking that's just something we i think it's maybe make more sense for amazon and also because amazon is quite uh competitive you it's not like shopify you just uh, because you need to defend your product page you know <laughs> you can 
you got to build a little bit of a moat around it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you can have tons of uh, like maybe on your product page, you can have 20, maybe 30 plus a position. Uh, your competitors can place ads on there so that uh, it's better for you to, you know, uh, put your product on your product page so that, you know, you can defend yourself pretty well. For sure. For sure. And I'm curious, what's, What's your longest? What's your long-term goal with with uh, with Aberlight as a company, Tang? Do you do you think this is something that you want an acquisition on one day? That you want to build up to a certain multiple? I'm just curious. What is? Uh, I I love to always understand from from other founders what's their longer-term goal with the brand. I literally I just talked to my uh, several of my uh, um, uh, e-commerce friends yesterday talking about okay, this is my sixth year. We're still not uh, over the five million mark, right? <laughs> or not even like ten million, uh, for sure. Uh, so I feel like if you have a good niche, uh, you should be able to scale up to like five, even ten million, pretty fast. Maybe two, three years. Uh, but for me, I feel like first five, six years, I learned a ton. Learned shop, uh, Amazon, Shopify, but still we are not like scaling up uh, as quick as possible because uh, we should launch our new product, you know, expanding our niche from a blue river to a blue uh, ocean much faster. So uh, we have a, a, a timeline, like half year, uh, let's see, this Q4 plus next uh, Q1 next year, uh, hopefully we can scale our revenue, uh, you know, much higher with a decent profit margin. Then next step, whether we will look for uh, exit or keep it as a cash flow business, uh, it would be quite simple. If you can really have a D2C brand, uh, you know, because uh, we got reached out, uh, I think many uh, like Amazon seller or D2C brand got, reach out frequently by, you know, uh, aggregators, but the aggregators and open store now that in some of these other companies that are, that are just straight up buying Shopify brands too. Yes. But the problem I think for us is, um, uh, majority of our revenue still, still coming from, uh, Amazon. So if we sold at Amazon brand, uh, the multiples is pretty uh, low. Maybe I don't know now. It's pretty low. I'm curious what what what's the multiple that that Amazon brands are going for these days. I think um two three years ago when uh, maybe just two years ago uh, you know when the, the market is really hot uh the multiple could ranging from two point five maybe up to five even higher two to five. Uh, I don't know now now maybe it's cooled down. <laughs> um, it's going down maybe to one point five one point eight around there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe possible. Um, but but if you have a really uh, it's then like a a D2C brand, Shopify brand, you have your email list, your uh your customer, uh, then the multiple could be higher for sure. Uh, you know those big brands exit easily got acquired by the you know leading brand in their industry, and that's quite different from Amazon brand. Right? Typically, Amazon brand got acquired by aggregator, not uh, a leading brand in your industry. So, 
it's quite different. That's why we really want to like uh, have much higher revenue on our Shopify store. Then maybe, uh, yeah, whether it's a exit, or, yeah, we are pretty open to it. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I wanted to mention too, like we worked with a, f- a few years ago, we worked with this one uh, eco-friendly brand that was honestly like a marketplace selling a lot of different eco-friendly products for home and this and that. And they got into one niche, which was making shampoo and conditioner bars. And it blew them up. I'm talking about from doing mid six figures a year to to multiple eight figures a year within a period of like eight to nine months. And of course, this was during COVID too. But still, it was it was pretty amazing to see. And obviously, it was a high margin consumable that really drove the business into a massive trajectory. So I think it's like one thing to think about where you're going with men's grooming is just to think about like what's that consumable that is a new opportunity that no one's seen before? And I think like shampoo and conditioner bars are more or less being seen. And you've got big brands like uh, like Dr. Squatch that have been selling, you know, bars for, you know, soap bars for years now. But I think what's interesting when you think of all of these platforms, what really works well at a certain time is a new is like a consumer being on the platform and scrolling through and seeing an ad for a product that they've never seen before. And it to be like, I need to make a purchase now, or I need to learn more about this because I might not see it again. It's kind of like how direct response has worked on television for decades. You know, it's like infomercials are essentially long form video sales letters that are you know, strategically placed with a media bot to get sales online and it's it, or to get sales over the phone. And it's the same thing now with Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all of the socials, right? So just finding a new product or a new category that hasn't been presented well or, or a new opportunity. And I think it could kill for you guys. And I think you guys already have that roadmap really built out, right? Um, you know, it, pretty interesting. Uh, you mentioned the the eco-friendly brand. I know which brand you are referring to. Um, actually, I have a friend working closely relate uh, with them. And yes, uh, that they killed it during the uh, pandemic, but they are also facing a lot of challenges because their products is kind of uh, cheap. Yes, it's consumables, but it's cheap. The problem is if your product is very, very cheap, and also people might not need it like every month. So your like average order value or like lifetime value is pretty low. Uh, so that brand is struggling now in launching new products. Because they, they, they've, 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 dis- they've really got themselves into a specific category, but it's tough to get themselves out of that category, right? Yes, yes. Uh, because you also mentioned in Dr. Squatch, I think one thing quite unique with Dr. Squatch so Man Soap is their customer, you know, the audience is not like a typical customer. It's like a cult. Uh, it's like people like to collect so many soaps. Uh, that's something quite interesting. It's that's really you know they are building a brand because typically the customer if they can use 
you know, how many beer oils or shampoos they need. Typically, they don't need like five shampoos, right? <laughs> like, but uh, Dr. Squatchy, they really, you know, uh, build their brand, like have a really, uh, you know, um, like raving fan. Added a lot of, the product had a lot of personality in how they're able to market it and to do things. And I, and I totally agree. I think some of our most successful clients right now, like I think I've told you about one of our clients, Plane Tags, that makes the luggage tags at old aircraft. Like when we do launches, like they're just insane days where we're just like, oh my God, we did, you know, did, you know, a hundred grand in an hour or two, you know, on good launch days. And it just keeps on going up. And uh, it's, they've just built such a good personality behind the brand and a community. I mean, we have for this one specific client, like we have a Facebook group of like 22, 2,500 collectors. And now we're just as, you know, with that specific client, like we're, we're just looking at how can we get another three, 400 diehard fans? Like that's it. Like another three, 400 diehard fans will double the business because when we launch a product, these same couple hundred people, 300 people right now buy it every single time. Doesn't matter if it's $39.95 or it's $150, $200. They'll buy it because they collect them and they love it. Yes, exactly. I think, um, yeah, it's critically important. You can have this community or uh, a loyal faulty, a loyal uh, uh, following. So maybe you need, uh, I think you need, I really have a, a good Instagram or Facebook group or like TikTok account. Uh, whenever you just need to, you know, really. Spend. I've talked with some clients about, you know, I have a client right now that's one of our clients is is thinking about building out a Discord channel, and another one's thinking about building out a Slack channel because they're like a lot of the, a fashion apparel brand that wants to build out a Slack channel because they feel like that will be a good medium to communicate with their customers who are all more or less young millennial Gen Z white collar that will be on Slack at work and could just plug in there, you know, and communicate with people during the day. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure how they can keep their <laughs> uh, audience engaged, they, they, uh, you know, in a, a Slack channel, but that's something quite interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. It's just finding ways to to leverage and engage that community and to get people fired up to, to around the common beliefs and common goals. Yeah. That's awesome. And last question I want to ask you is, is there an, if, if you were to start another brand in another niche today, I always like to ask this question. Is there a niche that you see right now that you're like, man, that would be a great space to dive into or a great vertical, or it's just a good opportunity. Uh, uh, good question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm actually thinking about this question a lot. I think um, I feel still uh, go for the large market. You know, even if the competitive, uh, it's quite competitive because it's large. Uh, for example, supplements or women's hair products because we are doing um, men's grooming products. Still, you know, it's you cannot compare with women's hair products. It's just women like to buy, keep buying. Uh, it's a man typically, you know, 
uh, it's quite different uh, uh, shopping uh, behavior. Um, also, maybe you know, um, cosmetic. Also, it's uh, it's it's pretty you know uh, uh, like so uh, like uh, competitive because did you heard about the uh, the brand uh, Hero Cosmetic? They just had a exit. I forgot like. Yeah, it was around four four fifty, I think something like that. So, uh, I just listened to uh, their founder um a uh, story. Um, their founder, uh, I believe he, she's uh maybe American born Korea, but she lived in Korea for like one two years, like uh like four uh, five years ago, and then uh she noticed you know uh, people over there they just like to use this kind of uh like stickers on their face to to cure the uh how, how to call it cure the um like i think whiteheads or acne yeah uh, yeah acne yeah acne yeah so it's something pretty new uh he, she never uh saw it in the u.s then she just uh developed develop the product and launched it on amazon to test the market and they just bootstrap the brand within four five years you know have a like uh nine it's nine or ten figure 400 million like maybe and how long did it take them to build that up? Uh, they started business in uh, 2017. Wow. Oh, I'm It's like for... Talk about an exit. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So from that, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, you need like uh, travel more like in Japan, Korea, or Europe, right? Because uh, you will see some products quite different from uh, products in the U.S., yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's wild when you look at like categories and like, like think about Red Bull, right? Red Bull was founded by uh, the founder traveling to to Asia and stumbling upon a drink with caffeine in it that could keep people up working later. You know, it's and then he just rebranded it and licensed it out of the country and, and worldwide. So it's a uh, it's wild to think where, you know, like we talked about new opportunities. It's like, even though there's an existing opportunity in Korea, there's the massive market of the United States, Europe, other, other realms of the world that haven't seen that product, right? That haven't been, you know, that haven't been exposed to it. And all it takes is taking that product, rebranding it and repositioning it for another market. And it's wild to think like you're just taking an existing product, repositioning it, bring it to another market. And that can be a great business right there. It doesn't always have to be inventing or coming up with something from from scratch. Exactly. It, it's it's so hard to like invent a wheel, right? Uh, but it's just all about profit market fit. You know, a Korea product, U.S. market. It also depends on like how large you want to grow your business. If you are like 100 million plus, it has to be maybe in supplements, cosmetic, or yeah, hair products. Uh, if it's 10 million plus, maybe you can have a uh, you know uh, more uh, cat- categories, uh, c- you know uh, niches. So yeah, I think it's it's pretty funny. Eh? Uh, I also think you know so many brands they cannot. They just stuck at certain revenue uh, level cannot really scale up because their niche, their niche just so small. There's no way you can scale it up maybe beyond ten million or five million. Uh, maybe you can just, you know, start a new brand. That's like the quickest way for you 
uh, if you have already got those experienced. Finding product market fit can be so challenging and very expensive. And just taking something, repackaging it, bringing it to a new market, testing it out really fast is such a great way to rapid prototype, bring the market and test out versus taking on all of this risk from building something from the ground up and taking six, 12, 24 months to launch. Yes, yes, exactly. That's awesome. Well, Tang, uh, I know we've gone a little over, but thank you so much for joining us today. If, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, is there a, is there a good way for, for people to reach out or, or get in touch or learn a little bit more about Aberlight? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, you can just uh, search uh, my name, Tenma, uh, on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. What I'll do is I'll, I'll add in your LinkedIn bio and, uh, and also a link to Aberlight down to the show notes so everyone gets access to it after. Yes, sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tang. Appreciate it. It's great having you on today. Thank you for having me, Mark. You're welcome.